This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. So Angela, today we have Jennifer from Women Who Code joining us. She kind of gives us some insight into her journey from the nonprofit world into the nonprofit tech world, which is similar, but kind of how she came through. And then we talk a lot about really interesting ways to engage people and partners, and it's just fun. Yep. And before we get into the interview, I just want to mention that you can support Women's Tech Radio by going to patreon.com forward slash today. That is the uh, general bucket of Jupiter Broadcasting show support. But more specifically, because you're listening to this show and going to that link, you are supporting Women's Tech Radio. Patreon.com forward slash today. And we get started by asking Jennifer what she's up to in technology today. I am the Vice President of Business Development at Women Who Code. This is an incredible organization. It's all about propelling women in tech. And we're 50,000 members strong. We're in 20 countries and 67 cities and growing. So very exciting. And okay, so that's a pretty awesome. What does business development look like at something like a Women Who Code? Because I, as far as I understand it, we're, they're 501c3, right? Right. So we are a nonprofit. A lot of people don't know that. So thanks for bringing that up. So it's essentially fundraising and partnerships. So on the social impact side, you know, looking at authentic partnerships and, you know, if a recruiting company is wanting to speak with us, you know, how do we make it so that it it works for our members, you know, so my job is to kind of come in and, and vet that and, and look at um, how we can leverage basically our different respective goals and, and how we can really make it work for the end game and our mission to get more women into tech. Okay. So a couple of call outs there. What does an authentic partnership mean to you? So an authentic partnership, I would say um, a lot of times, so my background is in nonprofit and as a model, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the TED talk of Dan Pallotta um, surrounding Charity Water, but there happen a lot of times you're hustling for the 501c3 and you can inevitably get, it's called mission creep. So you'll chase fundraising, uh, different revenue streams and, and your mission can get kind of, you know, you can end up creating a program that's not central to, to what it is that you originally started out to do. So whether that's, um, my background, you know, in nonprofit was very much education. So looking at, so staying within that, that sphere. So here with, um, women who code, you know, an authentic partnership is really thinking about, okay, so VMware comes to mind. They are one of our founding sponsors are incredible and they wanted, they have an internal program where it's all about, um, elevating their women's leadership, their, uh, especially, um, in the engineering teams. And so they wanted to, promote internally their women leaders and also wanted to strategically launch with Women Who Code in one of our cities that had been requested. So they helped to fund, but also help um, to create a track for their women leaders in uh, Beijing and Shanghai, two new networks for us in the last two months. So that was, it was really creating a program it wasn't just funding and it wasn't just partner coming to us and saying this is what works for us. It was really about finding a happy median and, and looking at what worked best for both respective parties. Okay. Well, I have some insider information that I'm going to leverage now. All right. And I know that despite your background in nonprofits, you didn't actually come to Women Who Code through the nonprofit sector. Can you kind of tell me about that? 
um, just that I was a member prior to. Right. Yeah. Like, like why, why technology? What got you excited? Like, I mean, I know people who have careers in, in 501c3 organizations for their entire lives Mm -hmm. and they never touch technology really. Like, so what, what drew you in the technology sphere? So I've always been kind of geeking out on tech publications um, behind the scenes and and felt like I had this enormous wall, actually, because I was in nonprofit and was never really getting taken seriously. And But in my nonprofit, um, Girls Inc., actually, at the time, you know, I was essentially, if anything went wrong, um, I was getting access you know, asked to update the website or, you know, the wireless wasn't working or I became the resident kind of tech person, which was um, interesting to me. And I was teaching myself very basic uh, Drupal and, um, and then, you know, of course, dabbled in Code Academy and all of that. And so had some reticence coming, you know, going to my very first Women in Code um, event. It's most of our members are mid to senior level engineers, um, but there are some of us out there who are tech enthusiasts. And yeah, and I came to my very first event. It was actually a lightning talk and the community totally embraced me. They were so lovely and wonderful. And um, I did not feel as though I was irrelevant, which I did at the time when I was, you know, thinking about a career change, you know, with certain recruiters and such. It was if, you know, how do you explain the ROI of of a nonprofit at times if you don't have a data and analytics team behind you? So, um, uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit about my track into into tech. And can you shine any light on your hashtag Giving Tuesday? You have Cyber Monday, you have Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then Giving Tuesday. And Giving Tuesday, I believe, started, I want to say, four to five years ago. And it was really all about giving back to the community, you know, and really, I think there's something about, you know, putting our budgets where our values are. And and again, reminding people that women who code, we, we're beloved in the community, but we're also a nonprofit. And so we need varied <laughs> revenue streams and, and support to grow. And right now, I mean, I mean, um, even we've been looking at where we were last year in comparison to this year, we've tripled in membership. We have a wait list of 20 plus cities and all of those things, you know, this incredible organic growth and movement and momentum take funding essentially. And so Giving Tuesday is really uh, all about, you know, just empowering your your crew out there to support you in a, in a um, meaningful way. And is that every Tuesday or is that a monthly thing or yearly? It's yearly. It's once per year. It's usually the first week in December. So you have Thanksgiving, then you have Black Friday. Oh, okay. And then you have Cyber Monday and Giving Tuesday. And really because so much of um, the fundraising for nonprofits happens in that November to December end of year timeframe because um, everyone's kind of wanting their tax breaks and such. Sure. So uh, I guess why Women Who Code? What's What's the pitch that you give someone who might be interested, who's who is a tech enthusiast or is a and maybe a senior engineer at VMware, like what why should they get involved or why are why is women who code good for them? Well, why so first of all, every tech every industry nowadays is a tech industry. So just that that's the context to proceed. And if that's true, you know, we need women voices. And right now we don't have equal representation. There's not parity within tech. And, you know, if you're looking at even by 2020, we're going to have about 1 million jobs that are going to be unfulfilled. So just in terms of there's a lot of wonderful work around the STEM pipeline to career. And that's was what a lot of my work was um, in education. So getting girls interested in science, technology, engineering, and math totally matters and is 
is amazing. And those girls need generate, need role models to look up to. And we're kind of the next generation's role models. So by providing this global community of connected network across the globe of women who are mid to senior level engineers, data scientists, tech enthusiasts, you name it, that are in a safe space. So we have about, we've had 3000 events to date, but every year we have about a thousand um, events. And so technical trainings, lightning talks, career and leadership development, you know, all of our events and trainings are free. So the barrier to access is is low, if not, you know, negligible. And then we're all about raising the overall visibility of women um, in tech. So we have an applaud her piece. So you can literally call out role models that, that inspire you. And it's kind of this notion of the rising tide lifts all boats. So we're all connected. We're all doing it together. We're going to see some real powerful change in the tech industry. I think it's really important for that role model piece and and getting involved as a senior to mid-level. It's you know something I talk about a lot is you know how do we not only increase engagement but how do we increase retention? Right. And I think that that's one of the, one of the reasons that I resonate with women who code. It's one of the reasons I'm a, a city director. Yeah, the retention piece is huge. And, you know, I think it's not just like getting women in there, but keeping them there. I think 56% of all women end up leaving tech. And I think that's where the the role model piece comes in. Um, so we're not just about getting women in and, and keeping them there, but really promoting and advancing them to become tech leaders, because then that's where you see um, the environment change and they'll want to stay because they have, you know, women that are in the CTO roles and in the VP of engineering roles. And, and, you know, so they're really creating, um, industry impact in that way. So, so tell me a story about like why, why you always felt like a geek growing up. Like what, when did you first kind of get that spark about technology? I don't, I was, I've just always been curious about everything and I loved computers and I loved taking things apart. And I, and I think I kind of forgot, frankly, uh, because I, there was a little foray into advertising and marketing and then even adventure travel. And I came back to it all. Um, once I, I signed up, I did, I was working at a space and science museum and I realize uh, again how much of a nerd I am in the best way hopefully <laughs> and um yeah I mean you're surrounded by these brilliant astrophysicists and um and scientists and and we put on one of the uh, the first climate science we were actually using the words climate change before a lot of people were and so yeah that was kind of when I was reminded again of what a what a little nerd I am so you, you mentioned a foray into adventure travel and then come back. So what, what did you do for adventure travel? I did not have a travel fund and wanted to travel and was very young working in the financial district back in the day. And so found a way to do that through Backroads. And um, it's an adventure travel company where they do cycling around the world. And I wasn't a cyclist, but definitely love the outdoors. And so I shadowed bike mechanics in the city and convinced them that I knew what I was talking about as it related to cycling <laughs> and um, ended up going to the, I was leading trips out of um, Scandinavia, Denmark. And it actually worked out because a lot of our, a lot of our leaders were, you know, these incredibly accomplished cyclists, but you know, our, the people that were coming on the trips clearly were more like me. So I was able to, you know, I knew what it was to not clip in, you know, on the bikes and I knew how to um, explain in layman's terms, you know, how to, go over a hill or something. So um, it ended up working out well. That's actually really interesting parody, I bet, with your experience moving into technology that 
I have always found as someone with a non-traditional background, I have a an easier time explaining things that some people who've kind of always had that engineering slant to their career do, like trying, especially trying to explain to either newbies or, um, you know, customers or different things. Like they're like, well, I don't really understand what you mean by when you say like backend. And I'm like, oh, well, let me give you this totally awesome analogy um, <laughs> nice. or whatever. And I think that I think that there's a lot of value in non-traditional paths that are it's hard to see sometimes like especially when you're doing something like applying for jobs you just get overwhelmed you're like oh my god I don't have a degree I don't have certifications but you do have value there and and I think expressing that value is important absolutely and relevancy I think is is key as well I think there's a lot of I there were times in my career where I thought that well I'm just not relevant anymore because I don't have xyz platform or I don't have you know this incredible ROI backing me but you just find a new way to frame it and um, you're exactly right in terms of that you know as long as you're there's something about the fake it till you make it and able to step up and and learn and be curious and, and, you know, give everything you have. I mean, you're going to thrive in whatever industry you really seek out. So yeah, I very much believe in that. So I guess in, in your vein of working with women who code, like how is women who code like getting started? I know it's a journey. Like how has finding or partnering with people evolved? Like, do you find that partners come to you? Do you go to partners? Like what does that back and forth look like? Where do you find the most value? Talk, talk to me about that. So it's, I mean, obviously women in tech is very, is very hot right now as a topic, which I adore. And so because of that, you know, we're definitely, a lot of partners are reaching out to us. We're incredibly lucky in that regard. And then it becomes about, okay, so as we talked before, authentic partnering. And so, you know, at the end of the day, these are people and they are usually championing internally this cause. So there's something that they're individually committed to anyway, and they're trying to find ways to make it work with their company goals. And so, so just asking, you know, having just human conversations and asking, you know, what is it that you're excited about? What is it, you know, what are the goals of this company? How can we align? Does this work? And just having those really kind of um, frank conversations can easily, you know, I mean, you're able to realize if, you know, a great partnership is going to come from that, or, you know, is there some other place that we can kind of, you know, we definitely help to, you know, if there's a different partnership, um, a different company, even perhaps, or a different nonprofit, we will look at, at doing a trifecta partnership. So there's lots of different, you know, I think ways to approach these conversations. Can you give me some examples of like what internal goals Women Who Code is actually good at addressing for a company? I would say strategically reframing themselves as a tech company, if that's something that they're interested in. Because we're a thought leader in the community, you know, a lot of times people may not see a certain company as as a tech leader um, because they're in, say, finance or they're in, you know, uh, consumer products. So, so there's kind of a marketing and branding piece there. I also, you know, we go on site and do diversity training and, you know, training surrounding implicit bias. So they'll look to us to really address internal systems and processes that may be happening, um, especially surrounding hiring. And then 
uh, strategic presence. So if they're, um, you know, we're, we're talking with a company right now that's very interested in launching in Tel Aviv, for example, because they have a very big presence in Israel. And so they want to, you know, promote their women's leadership internally in their company and have more of a, a presence on the ground in that area. So we'll, you know, see if that aligns with where we want to strategically launch a network. And if it does, then how can we make that work for both parties? So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a really great roundup of that. So, I'm I'm gonna steal your question here if you don't ask it. What? <laughs> so, oh, you, what tools? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what tools do you use in your daily, uh, or what's your stack? Is that yeah. what it's called? Well, or also like because I think Jennifer just got into code recently, she probably has some good learning tools too. So, uh, so as it relates to coding, or as it relates to business development, I'm, I'm actually interested in both. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe we'll do like what helped you learn some of the the stuff that you did get into, and then what do you use in your day to day? I feel like if I share my my coding uh, platforms, that I'm gonna lose credibility in the uh, engineering. Oh, <laughs> but but um, I would just preface it with I am uh, you know brand making newbie to that whole world, and I do uh, also. I'm teaching my daughter who is nine to code as well, so we're yes, kind of learning together. It. Yes, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, hour of code. You know, we're we did the code.org mm-hmm. tutorial. Um, I've done a bunch of code academy. Um, I have her on Khan Academy, and then just a lot of trial and error, just playing on Squarespace and some of these other <laughs> just coding things up and just trying new things. Um, I did all the communications for my uh, last nonprofit, so you know I can do baseline. You know, stripping out everything and making sure that. Um, so I would say mine lies more in the marketing and design needs um, mm-hmm. of in terms of coding. And then uh, as far as my toolbox for business development, you know, I, I've i had like the last decade has been all about fundraising and looking at ways to just um, leverage the mission. And so for me, just having authentic conversations with people really helps the cause. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of research that I do prior to meeting um, with a company and, and you know, anything I could find out about, are they committed to propelling women in tech? And also what are some of the successful programs that they may have run um, just to kind of see, you know, what they've done in the past and what they can kind of, where their heads might be at with that. And you're working with a team and stuff and you're obviously it's a tech team. I know you have some developers on the team and stuff like that. Uh, are there like kind of internal tools you guys use? Like, do you use Dropbox or Google Forms or Evernote? Is there anything that you found that kind of scratches some of the itches for for tracking your research or your, you know, your or collaboration? Yeah, stuff like that. Well, we are definitely a <laughs> we we use uh, Google everything. So yes, we have a lot of Google Forms and Google. Every, I mean, Hangouts and such. It's um, we're always using something that we're using. I'm not quite sure what platforms you may be asking about, but I'll just give you a bunch of them. So MailChimp, for example, you know, you can see um, what people are interested in. And I mean, we have what Calendly, I think is one of the coolest um, platforms just in terms of. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just used that for the first time. That is phenomenal. So in ter- I mean, we have so many meetings and our team is a global team. And so um, just to try and, you know, make sure everyone is aligned. Very, very useful in Asana. And yeah, it, it's been interesting, the transition from even though it's nonprofit to nonprofit, obviously Women Who Code is very much in the tech industry as well. And so I feel as though um, I've been getting my grad degree in tech uh, platforms. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, what's the thing they're using? Oh, how about this? So, yeah, it's been fun. 
Okay. And before we end the interview, I noticed that, uh, well, because Women Who Code is nonprofit, you can use Amazon Smile. So if you go, um, I'll be posting later on today on our Twitter, but if you go and, and you can pull the link, but Women Who Code is a registered nonprofit within Amazon Smile. And, you know, you mentioned Giving Tuesday. I mean, every... Every Tuesday could be Giving Tuesday. We actually did the math. And if, you know, all of our 50,000 members gave $5 per month per year, we would fund all of our work for 2016. So the power of our community is is enormous. And, um, and we're already starting to see donations coming in. And also, you know, there's something very special about, you know, you can make a gift in honor of someone, especially if it's in honor of a role model who's inspired you in tech and, and we can give them a card. I mean, there's some really beautiful ways that you can support us and and ideally we can it will come full circle and we'll support you as well in our community right and so but with amazon smile you're not donating directly it's just that a percentage of your purchase is donated by amazon to your charity of choice so right there's no actual out-of-pocket expense if you use the amazon smile right so yes i think it's 0.5% um, will go to Women Who Code. And it's just a nice, lovely way to support while you're doing perhaps your last minute shopping and such. Mm-hmm. Your weekly shopping for me because I get yeah, right, everything yeah. on Amazon pretty <laughs> <Me> much. Me too. <laughs> I was just throwing in there some other ways to donate as well. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That's awesome. Great. Well, this has been great, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you as well. It's been lovely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Remember, you can find links in the show notes at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can also email us, WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Check us out on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are sold. And if you'd like, follow us on Twitter at HeyWTR. Thanks for listening.